Hi, everyone. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Hope everyone is staying safe, practicing social distancing, and hope everyone's had a pretty good week. We have a great guest to end the week here on the podcast. Joining us now is Pelicans guard J.J. Redick. J.J., first of all, thanks for joining us, and we want to know how are you and your family doing right now? Uh, as of right now, we are we are healthy. We are safe and sound. We are managing day to day just like a lot of people right now obviously there's a certain level of angst and anxiety that everyone's feeling um you know our family is no different but you know we we our our thoughts are just with everyone across this country and across the world our thoughts are with everyone in new orleans right now um it is it is definitely uh you know a little bit of a scary time um but as a family we're we're managing Good to hear. Good to hear. And the reason why we're having you on, JJ, of course, you and Chelsea made a, a very generous do- donation yesterday in partnership with Lily, Lily, Lineage Logistics. And we'll get to that in a second. But JJ, why was it so important for you, for Chelsea and you to to give back um, during this difficult time? Well, historically speaking, we, we've always uh, we've always gifted wherever I've played. Uh, we've always tried to be involved in the community. Um, sometimes that has happened behind the scenes. We made a decision um, maybe six years ago, five or six years ago, around 2014, to sort of make make our, our gifting anonymous. Um, this seemed like a <laughs> uh, an exception to that rule um, in and, and just these extraordinarily difficult times. And we wanted to raise awareness uh, for the needs of local food banks, not only in New Orleans, but but all across the country. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are out of work already. There's a lot of people that will be out of work. Um, there's people that are sick. There's people that can't leave their homes. There's school-age children that rely on being in school to get their meals. There's all sorts of needs. Uh, and Basically, as soon as the NBA season shut down and they shut down the schools in New Orleans, um, we kind of saw the writing on the wall that the restaurants were going to get shut down. We just felt like this was uh, a huge need in the New Orleans community, and it was a need that, that we wanted to, to fill. And, you know, we are very grateful for Lineage and the Pelicans for stepping up as well and, and you know, partnering with us on this. Uh, and 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 helping us provide uh, just a really substantial amount of meals to the greater New Orleans community. Yeah, 1.8 million meals to be exact uh, through Feeding America and Second Harvest Food Bank. Also, you're going to connect displaced Smoothie King Center employees to job opportunities uh, with Lineage in collaboration with ASM Global. Uh, so what made you partner with Lineage Logistics? What was it that caught your eye with them um, to partner up to help with this generous donation? Uh, <laughs> actually uh this was a this was a duke connection um, okay so trajan reached out to me over the weekend you know we had already um basically you know cut the check sent it out uh it was on its way um and trajan reached out to me over the weekend and and said um you know a, a former a former duke manager uh Kevin Marcatelli is the CEO of Lineage, and he had reached out to Trajan and I think Swin about um, their 
nationwide initiative to provide funding and job opportunities uh, through local food banks. And he wanted to hit the New Orleans area. Trajan told him what Chelsea and I were doing. And it, it just seemed like a very natural partnership to work with Lineage. Now, I know you haven't been in New Orleans long, but of course, David Griffith said that at the beginning of the season that if you love the city, it will love you back. So in your in your brief stint inside the city, what has made your time in New Orleans so enjoyable? What have you liked about being inside the city of New Orleans, even though it has been just a short period of time? Yeah, I, I mean, our family has fallen in love with the city. It is such a unique and authentic place. Um, it. The, the city feeds my soul. I think that's the best way to put it. I, there's a warmth to New Orleans. There's a, there's a realness to New Orleans. Um, it is one of the, la the last sort of, in my opinion, great untouched places. And, and what really makes New Orleans so special is the people. And they have, uh, and, and, you know, whether it's fans or, or um, you know, people at our kids' school, um, anyone in the community they, they've just been so good to to me they've been so good to my family um there's there's just been a, what i feel like is just an instant connection um to to the soul of the city that, that we felt and uh it's just been an amazing experience i i, I we're, we're we have been so fortunate and grateful to to have spent these last uh six or seven months in new orleans we, we absolutely love it it seems obviously both the Saints and the Pelicans are deeply connected to the city of New Orleans, and it's shown through donations by Mrs. Benson, Drew Brees, and of course your teammate Zion Williamson. What does it say about the culture within both franchises that you're seeing so many people step up and make generous donations during this tough time that we're going through? Well, I think it speaks to uh, just the heart of the culture of both organizations. Obviously, uh, Mrs. Benson has stepped up as well. You've seen a bunch of players for both teams step up. You've seen NBA players all over the country step up in their communities. Um, the, the, I, uh, I am incredibly proud uh, to be a part of the, the fraternity of professional athletes um, we are a group of people that uh, are, are thoughtful and what I believe to be generous and uh, just imp so impressed by guys all over the league, NFL, uh, MLB, NBA, just, just stepping up for their communities and, and trying to help out. And look, what we've learned, if anything, through any, through any sort of crisis is there's no easy answer right? There's, there's, there's no easy answer to the coronavirus. Uh, right. I, I, I just, I am so appreciative of the effort across the board uh, from both organizations in New Orleans and, and professional athletes and professional uh, organizations all over this country that have, have just made the effort and, and, and are trying to help uh, their communities. Well said. You're, you're seeing a lot of athletes across a lot of sports uh, making some very generous donations. That's for sure. Um, J.D., I know this is a tough time just also because you haven't been able to see your teammates. I know this this group was really close on and off the court. So how often are you staying in touch with your teammates and trying to, you know, at least exchange ideas or just talk, even though you aren't able to see each other right now? 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've spoken with uh, just about everyone at this point. Um, a few of the guys I've, I've talked to a little bit more. Um, you know, Nikhil and I have, have had some dialogue. Frank, Ja, uh, I've FaceTimed with Nico a few times. I've talked to Zoe. Um, you know, we're all, <laughs> we've all, we've all hit each other up on the group text, but, you know, we're, we're all sort of uh, just in a period of waiting and, and, and we, we obviously want to, you know, get back on the court, but we, we, we definitely want to get back together as a group. Um, we're really all hoping that there is um, an opportunity for us to, to sort of finish the season and, and, and try to make the playoffs in some way, shape, or form. The league is talking about all, all sorts of possibilities. From what I understand, really anything is on the table right now uh, in trying to figure out, um, you know, how to finish the season. But we're in a situation, as I said kind of earlier, where there's, there's no – there's no easy answers. And, and one of the reasons there's, there's no easy answers for the NBA season is because we're all sort of beholden to this virus and, and the spread of this virus and, and our country and our communities trying to mitigate the, the spread of this and flatten the curve. Um, and we understand that that right now is way more important than, than anything related to sports. But I do feel like when uh, sports are able to resume whenever that is uh, they that sports will represent a significant portion of the healing process for this country um, because sports uh, like a lot of things but sports specifically you know has a really unique ability to, to bring people together no doubt about that I know everyone is missing sports no matter what it is uh, during this time right now but also with that being said there's so much unknown about like you mentioned um, when play will resume, how it will resume. But I know as athletes, you all are are used to a routine during the regular season with working out and, and staying in shape and going to practice and getting up shots. So what are the biggest challenges of, of trying to stay in, in not only regular shape, but basketball shape as you are um, kind of secluded to your homes right now? Yeah, I, it, it's a huge challenge. Um, you know, assuming there is some sort of season down the line in a, in a couple months, you know, we're going to need some time to get back into shape. Uh, there's nothing that replicates playing, you know, NBA basketball, and, and we're just not able to do that right now. And it's uh, – I think that, to me, is one of the more <laughs> uh, anxiety-inducing, uh, you know, factors uh, for me in my day-to-day -day life is just not being on a routine and not being on a schedule and – uh, you know, we're, we're homeschooling our kids. We're trying to fit in uh, workouts when we can. Uh, a bunch of equipment arrived over the weekend for me. So I've been able to work out this week, um, you know, in, in our basement. Um, but, you know, there's just, uh, there's no, again, there's no, <laughs> there's no real good answer uh, to that dilemma. Yeah, I was reading the Zach Lowe uh, article about, you know, and you were in it mentioning uh, you homeschooling your kids. I think there's a word of the week, if I'm not mistaken. Is there, what's the word of this week for your kids to learn? Yeah, the word of the week this week is flexibility. Last okay. week was uh, was patience. The first week was respect. Uh, I haven't decided on uh, next week because I think we're still all, <laughs> we're still all working through the flexibility issue, you know, with, it's about not necessarily physical flexibility, but emotional and, and mental flexibility in terms of going with the flow. And, uh, you know, so many people's 
uh, lives have been disrupted. And, you know, I, I read these stories, um, of, you know, on, on, on social media or on my, my news feed. And the, the word that I keep coming back to that I keep using with, uh, <laughs> with, my friends and people I talk to is, is, is heartbreaking. This is, this is just a, it's a heartbreaking situation. And I have just an incredible amount of empathy for, for all the people that are, that are really struggling right now. Uh, you know, both, you know, economically, physically, uh, mentally, it's, it's a very, it's a very heartbreaking time right now. No doubt about that. Well said, JJ. You know, you could also maybe do a, a Twitter poll question about the word for next week. And because I feel like you just Ooh, joined a Twitter a, a couple months ago. You know, a lot of people have been on Twitter for so long. What made you hold out so long on Twitter to just join a couple months ago? Well, I had uh, I had social media accounts. I had a Twitter account and I had um, uh, an Instagram account. Um, you know, I was probably around a half million followers on both uh, and about Two years ago, um, I, but yeah, some, August, I think August of 2018, I deleted uh, both accounts and not, not just deactivated the accounts, but right, just like really mm -hmm. threw the accounts in the trash can, lost all my followers. Um, so I've been on Instagram since uh, September, and that's really the platform that I sort of enjoy the most. Um, and, and because of the, the, podcast i decided to get back on twitter as well um you know i think it's just uh, a, a, a great way to engage with uh people that listen to the pod i know recently um we did uh one of our power rankings on an episode with uh megan rapino and sue bird was our, our top five serials and uh we've gotten a lot a surprisingly a surprising amount of engagement uh, on social media and even like text messaging from random people that I haven't talked to in years have texted me. Um, and, and basically uh, the consensus is cinnamon toast crunch is severely overrated. Really? Cinnamon toast. Yeah. What about, what about an underrated cereal? What about what was one that surprised you? As I wish I had mentioned this on the pod, but I realized <laughs> so when I did my top five, I was thinking about cereals that, that, you know, maybe are just outside the top five. And I came to the conclusion that Crispix is, 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 is extremely underrated. And, and I, and I've, I've had a few people say that to me as well. Crispix with whole milk is one of the best combos out there. I don't think I've had Crispix in 15 years. And so I don't even, I didn't even realize it still existed, but I do remember it. It was a good cereal. I might have to put that back in the routine. Um, well, it's, also, it's funny. It's funny when we when we did the podcast, uh, we had a bunch of people tell us, "I haven't same thing. I haven't eaten X, you know, whatever cereal in 15 years." Some people even said they haven't eaten any cereal in 15 years, which is a travesty. But um, and then and then they have been sending in pictures of the cereal that they've gone out and got at the grocery store, which you know, right now while you're, we're all isolating you know now would be a good time to to get back on the cereal kicks what about breast breakfast tacos how many breakfast tacos have you have you attempted to make i know you talked about how you you regretted sleeping on breakfast tacos for so long on your podcast have you yeah. tried to make some in in your house so far oh yeah breakfast tacos <laughs> are uh probably a uh three or four time times a week 
uh, breakfast uh, in, in the house. Um, you know, I, I typically throw some avocado in there um, and, uh, and some, some, some form of hot sauce. Uh, Chelsea likes it with sriracha, which I think sriracha and eggs are a weird combo, but um, more power to her. Uh, talked about your podcast, and I really enjoy it. Um, one, tell folks where they can find it. I know it's from The Ringer, um, but also kind of what's on what's on deck with the podcast. I know it's tougher now because um, I know you were interviewing athletes in person. So um, has it been a little difficult trying to get them virtually, or has it been okay? And, and what what's on the docket soon? Yeah, so uh, in terms of the podcast, you can find the podcast anywhere. Uh, I'm with the Ringer Network, which is Bill Simmons' uh, network. Um, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, um, uh, Apple, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. There's also uh, normally a direct link in my in my bio, my social media bios to the podcast. But right now, there is a direct link to the Greater New Orleans uh, Food Bank with Second Harvest, where anyone can go and make a donation of any size. And, and obviously, I would never ask people during a difficult time to, to you know, go out of their way to make a donation. But if, if, you, do, if you do have the means to help, by all means, help. Uh, you can find that link on my, my Instagram feed. Um, you know, our podcast, we typically uh, interview and, and chat with a variety of people uh, since the, uh, you know, the isolation period has begun. We've, we've used Zoom to, to record the pods. Uh, we had Megan Rapino and Sue Bird on. Uh, we did one with my good friend and restaurateur, uh, Sean Feeney, who co-owns uh, Lilia and Missy, two of the best restaurants in the country. Uh, they're located in Brooklyn. Uh, we had him on this week. Um, later today, I'll be recording a podcast with Ryan Russillo and Big Cat from Barstool Sports. <laughs> and uh, Lonzo is on the docket. Uh, we'll be doing Lonzo at some point in the next few days. Uh, we were supposed to record on Tuesday. I had to push back because of some stuff. Um, but we'll get him on the pod. And we'll have a couple other players uh, do it next week as well. What made you get into podcasting? Obviously, I, I deeply appreciate the podcast and what you do because you definitely have a variety of guests and it's really entertaining. But what made you decide to get into podcasting in the first place? Um, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, asked me to do it on his platform when he was with Yahoo. He had started a platform called The Vertical. Um, it was him and Chris Mannix. And uh, they originally asked me to write a few articles for them. I immediately got severe anxiety and it took me back to uh, procrastinating and waiting till the night before a paper was due in college and writing 20 pages overnight. And I said, uh, no go on that. And they <laughs> got back to me a couple months later and said, uh, we're all doing a podcast. Do you want to have your own podcast? And I had never listened to a podcast before. This was back in, um, in 2015, about yeah, five years ago. And um, I, uh, I listened to Serial season one, which is, uh, you know, about teenage love and and murder and that yeah. wasn't a great place to start in the podcasting world for <laughs> me because that's not what I was trying to do but um you know I, I eventually you know worked my way through about uh 15 or 20 episodes of just interviewing people and talking to people mostly basketball players and eventually uh got pretty comfortable with it and um took a break for a while and then I've been with the ringer now this is my third season uh, doing the podcast with the ringer and uh, I've really enjoyed it uh, back in January 
Uh, I brought Tommy, my co-host, along. He's he's become a friend. He's worked for The Ringer for a number of years and produces uh, The Shop on HBO and produces Jesus and Mero on Showtime. Um, so he's got a lot of connections, and and between his connections and our connection and my connection, you know, we can typically typically get whoever we want on the podcast. Um, and I, you know, I originally I was doing it because I was like, oh, maybe I want to go into media when I'm done. But uh, right now, the reason I'm doing, it, I just enjoy chatting with uh, with interesting people, with with you know high level achievers, and and picking their brain a little bit. And uh, Tommy's been great as a co-host. We have uh, we have good banter, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. We certainly enjoy it um, as well. You do a great job with it. Also, you can follow JJ on Twitter at JJ underscore Reddick. Maybe help him out with a word for the week for his kids next week. Um, I'm sure he can use all the help he can get with that. And uh, flexibility is the word this week, so we'll definitely keep that in mind. Um, before I let you go, JJ, I just want to go back to um, the impact that you're having here with Lineage Logistics. But I also wanted to mention, you, you sort of mentioned Second Harvest Food Bank, but I, I feel like if, if you don't mind sharing kind of your, I guess, donation with them and what it means to be uh, partnering up with them just because of how important Second Harvest Food Bank is uh, to the greater Louisiana area. Yeah. Um, so we, we actually, when we were in Milwaukee, we learned about Second Harvest. Um, we had made a small donation to Second Harvest during our brief time in Milwaukee and, um, uh, you know, have gotten uh, uh, correspondence from from Second Harvest and Feeding America for for a number of years now, and so we, we kind of known what they're about. But they're, um, you know, Feeding America and Second Harvest are are located uh, all over the country. There's um, there's a real need at all times um, for uh, for food. Uh, believe it or not, one in nine Americans. Uh, have food insecurity, meaning they don't really know where their next meal is going to come from. And, and in a country with as much uh, resources as, as we have, that, that's, a, that's a shame. And um, when I reached out to Second Harvest, right when the NBA season was suspended, I know they were already delivering uh, 600 meals a day around the city. Uh, they were up to 1,200 about two days later. And clearly there's an even greater need for that. And um, one of the cool things that Lineage is doing is, is through Second Harvest and through Feeding America, they're gonna be providing uh, jobs for displaced workers from Smoothie King. Um, so, you know, this is really just an effort on a lot of people's part to help feed the greater New Orleans community during this trying time. Um, and look, there, this is gonna pass, but there's still gonna always be a need uh, that people will have for food. And this is something that uh, I think Chelsea and I will continue to, to give to. This is a, uh, a really, really important cause. We've, we've focused our giving uh, over the last um, seven or eight years on, on education and education initiatives. Um, but this, this seemed like a, a thing that we really needed to step up and do right now. And like I said, you can go to uh, my Instagram feed, there's a link to donate to um, the Second Harvest Food Bank in the greater New Orleans area. You can go to Second Harvest, uh, the website, you can go to Feeding America website and find any information on, on your local food bank as well if you're listening to this pod uh, and, you're, and you're not uh, in New Orleans. But, um, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's a huge need and um, 
so appreciative of Lineage and the Pelicans for, for stepping up as well. I know they're very appreciative of you at Chelsea for making uh, this generous generous donation and raising awareness uh, right now, not only for Second Harvest Feed Bank, Feeding America, but also, again, the jobs that have been lost, uh, not only inside the Smoothie King Center, but across the country during this difficult time. JJ, I also really appreciate you taking a lot of time out of your busy day to join the podcast. Stay safe with you and your family, and hopefully we can catch up soon. All right. Hopefully we'll see. We'll all see each other very soon. Uh, I do want to just end with um, uh, one more just message, and that's just I I can't say enough uh, and of how appreciative uh, Chelsea and I are of New Orleans and the New Orleans community. We truly uh, we truly love New Orleans. It is it is the it is just a special place. So we we just want to say thank you again. Well said, JJ. Appreciate the time and stay safe. All right, thank you. Man, a big thanks to J.J. Reddick for joining the podcast. That was a lot of fun. And, of course, again, we really appreciate his efforts along with his wife, Chelsea, um, to make a huge difference not only in the New Orleans area but across the country. Um, it's certainly been uh, fun seeing how he interacts on social media with his Instagram. Definitely joined his Instagram just to see what he and his family are up to. Also a chance to make a donation to Second Harvest Food Bank. Um, and also on Twitter, at JJ underscore Reddick. He's back on and definitely a must follow. Also, before I let you go, don't forget it's a Dixie Dixie Friday pickup service. It's your chance to make your stay at home weekend better by getting your Dixie fix at 25% off when you swing by our Friday curbside pickup service. Each six pack or crowler purchase will include a bonus two cans of our dry hour stout, a lucky mucker, one to enjoy, plus one commemorative can to save. Signed by Dixie owners Mrs. Gail Benson and Mrs. Kendra Bruno. Purchase exclusive releases and crowlers that are not available to stores. Drive-up orders are also accepted. And gift cards purchased will include a 25% bonus value as well. So again, make sure you go by and pick up your stuff at Dixie Beer. Also, one of the greater good benefits, of course, is that $1 from each case equivalent goes to the Louisiana Restaurant Association's Employee Relief Fund. So Lots of, of good ways to kind of help out in your community. And one of those ways is stopping by Dixie Beer and getting your curbside pickup this Friday. Again, really big thanks to JJ Reddick. That was a lot of fun to do. We'll have plenty more podcasts for you next week. We'll start off the week with the television voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Joel Myers. And of course, you never know who else will stop by. All right. We'll have a great weekend. Stay safe. I know this is a tough time for everyone right now. Stay at home, please. And um, enjoy the time with your family if you can. And again, practice that social distancing. And uh, we'll keep you company next week with some more podcasts. Also, another rebroadcast this Sunday, Pelicans and Cavs. Pelicans playback is yours with our very own John DeShazer. And then next week on Tuesday, another Pelicans playback for you and a rebroadcast of Pelicans Timberwolves as Caroline Gonzalez will join Pelicans playback. You don't want to miss that with her and Jen Hale. All right, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.